This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Over the last few weeks, Colorado political reporters have been listening in on these conference calls. Hey, at 6.01, I will call this Colorado Independent Congressional Districting Commission meeting to order. It is hard to fully characterize exactly what they've been hearing. I have to say, though, I am happy to be home, and my butt is happy not to be in the car all the time. These calls are actually some of the tiniest building blocks of democracy. But they sound like an old-fashioned party line gone haywire. The hot yoga challenge for October. We should all do something. <laughs> so in, in Colorado, for the first time, they're using a... Um, an independent redistricting commission. Nick Riccardi is one of the reporters who's been listening in. He says the 12 people exchanging workout tips here. Other times they were guessing each other's birth order or showing off their cats. They were just trying to burn time. Their real job was figuring out what Colorado's political maps should look like. We'll just go with what I see. And I see um, Commissioner Coleman at the top with, uh, with her hand up. Uh, Commissioner Coleman? Uh, thank you, Jerome. And um, I just want to say that this is this process is a little crazy. They're just kind of regular folks who have volunteered and gone through the application process for the commission. The two maps we're considering. Keep yeah, Commissioner, this is it's my time. Suffice to say that the professionals who deal with them get a little frustrated. <laughs> Nobody had ever done this before in Colorado. They had to kind of create the system from scratch. Gentlemen, gentlemen, that's enough. Let's, let's not devolve any further. Thank you all. Um, we've had a lively discussion. Um, let's do another round of voting and we'll come back and let's come back with cool heads. Congressional districts get remade every 10 years after the census comes out. So each state is going through a process that sounds something like this right now. Ideally, the districts that get created, they're supposed to bundle people together based on shared interest and geography. But if you look at some congressional maps, you can see the gerrymandering, the way lines get drawn to protect incumbents or to pack opposition into one place or disperse it. I mean, there's always the telltale signs, right? If there's like a little wiggly line or really weird shapes, you kind of look at them. A little spoon going into yeah. a city there. You know, it becomes kind of like that old definition of pornography, right? I know it when I see it. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Sometimes you look and you just see a shape on a map and you go like, oh yeah, something went wrong here. Having a commission of regular people do this work, it was supposed to make the process fairer. Today on the show... We'll ask, fairer for who? I'm Mary Harris. You're listening to What Next. Stick around. This episode is brought to you by Discover. 
When it comes to your finances, Discover wants you to know they are the credit card that is always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We are talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So let's say you are on this redistricting commission in Colorado. What kind of map would you draw? Here are some facts to juggle. Colorado seems to be trending solidly Democratic. Joe Biden won here by 13.5 percentage points. But this state is also home to one of the most conservative House representatives out there, Lauren Boebert, who's known for carrying her gun onto the floor of Congress. And, oh yeah, population's growing. So you're going to be creating a whole new congressional district this year. It does become tricky to draw these maps. I mean, there's kind of an infinite number of decisions you can make. In most states, it's the state legislature that determines what a congressional map will look like. And that creates a political problem. Representatives can work together, carve out districts to benefit their own party. Nonpartisan commissions, like the one in Colorado, they're a solution to this problem. Nick says it was a Colorado conservative who pushed this idea. He was the uh, CEO of the dialysis company DeVita, Ken Theory, who pushed this ballot measure. And he said, basically, you know, we've got to, in this state, we've got to, you know, it's becoming a straight line Democratic state. And that's not what Colorado is all about. We want to have this redistricting, you know, process be nonpartisan. And the Democratic Party here kind of was trying to figure out what to do. And they, they hopped on it. They said, yeah, that matches up with kind of our general national message that we don't like gerrymandering and we'll, and they also, you know, were hoping that they could shape it if they got in on the ground floor a little bit more. Um, but there's no question that it, it hurts them more than Republicans because it's a state where otherwise they would be in charge. And if they could do whatever they wanted with redistricting, they could really draw some outrageous T-shaped congressional districts that would increase their number of seats in Congress. Yeah. I wonder if you've talked to Democrats who are regretting their decision. Oh, yeah. Democrats are regretting this decision because a nonpartisan commission is basically the opposite of what their Republican colleagues around the country have been up to. The last time district lines were up for debate, Republicans were, for the most part, brutal. They gerrymandered without regret. That has given the GOP the upper hand this time around. 95 congressional seats that would have otherwise been drawn by Democrats are now being drawn by a nonpartisan commission. Commissions are only deciding on 13 Republican seats. And that explains why Nick was on this conference call. There's a lot riding on what these commissions do. Their considerations are both hyper-local, but have big national consequences. When it came time to decide, the 12 commissioners, four Democrat, four Republican, and four Independent, they were on the line till past midnight, trying to find something eight of them could agree on. I know that there was a map where you said you were texting with a Democratic strategist who thought, uh-oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> this isn't what we want. That's yes. What did that okay. look like? So that was the last meeting and the very last night. They're, they're stumbling. It's like 11 o'clock. And somebody says, what about this map? And they reach into their 
huge box of other maps that they've tinkered with and people submitted and they've made changes to and they pull this one out. And they well, say, do they well, literally a- have a box of maps? It was a digital box, but yeah. I mean, it was it was a long list of, you know, hyperlinks to all these different maps. And what about this one? You here say you don't like it because it puts this community over here and this community over here and this community over here. Well, here's one that does all those things. And they pull this one out. And that map was like, it was, I called it the chaos map. I mean, it was... <laughs> It was it was kind of what you would expect to come out of a nonpartisan redistricting process in that it would have thrown Democratic representatives together into one district. I mean, there were going to be two swing districts in that part of the state. It was just crazy. No member of Congress would have been safe in that map. And they were actually coming a little close to it. And so, yeah, I did. I was texting with a Democrat and I kind of teased him. I said, boy, I want this one. And, and this guy was like, are you? I mean, that map could have turned out great for Democrats. Um, they could have won but those swing know. seats, but you don't know there's uncertainty and, and, you know, people don't like uncertainty in politics, but in the end, the commission veered away from that. And that's an interesting thing. There was a, a study that came out that I actually still haven't had a chance to read, but that found that commissions tend to protect incumbents just as much as, you know, legislative bodies do. Well, so what do you make about that? I, you know, I don't know, but in the end, they didn't take the chaos map and they took this other map that the commission staff had done that they had tweaked that was fine but did not put any incumbent at risk listening to you talk i kind of wonder if you think the chaos map would have actually been more fair so i mean i told you know the various operatives that i texted with and was joking around with that evening that like i wanted that map because i'm a political reporter right (laughs) The chaos map would have been fun. It would have been chaotic. You would never know who was up and who was down. It would it would scramble the state's lines in a way that we really haven't seen before. Arguably, it could have it would have been more fair, depending on kind of what you think redistricting should do. Right. If your argument is, well, everyone's too safe. You need to draw these lines so people have to compete. Well, there would have been a lot of competition with that map. I mean, it would have been insane. On the other hand, there's probably a good argument that you shouldn't decide a state's political geography and throw it all into chaos at 11 p.m. at night based on what 12, you know, citizens are kind of arguing about on Zoom, like just at the drop of a hat, right? Like it was not, that map was never like a big focus of this commission. Not a lot of people like weighed in on it. And, you know, it was a, it, if that had been implemented at the last minute, I think there would have been a legitimate line of criticism that you guys have just completely scrambled the state and literally decades worth of political government lines have been scrambled at the last minute because you were just, you know, because you guys were all tired. In terms of the split of the map that Colorado settled on, it's kind of a toss up, right? Like there's one new district and and that's a swing district. And then it's a little bit split between Republicans and Democrats, right? Yeah, yeah. The swing district is really evenly split. It, um, By the commission's metrics, it's 1.3 percentage points more Democratic than Republican. It voted for Trump in 2016 by a percentage point and for Biden in 2020 by five percentage points. It voted for the Democrat in the U.S. Senate race by 1.7 percentage points in 2020. It's a very competitive area. Um, it's the only one that's competitive. The other, the rest of the state is kind of status quo. You've got four Democrats who don't have a lot to worry about. 
And three Republicans don't have a lot to worry about. I mean, I read, I think in your article, you quoted a Republican strategist who said they looked at this map as a gift from the gods because we didn't deserve it. Yeah, I mean, it, it is something of a gift for Republicans. Um, they're, they're, I had a Republican reach out to me actually yesterday saying, hey, you know, this map isn't that much of a gift for us. We only lost the state by 13 points, not by 30 points. We probably should have at least a shot at splitting it evenly. And yeah, that's true. Like you can make an argument from kind of a good government perspective that a slight Democratic edge, four safe seats compared to three safe seats, then one toss-up seat is, you know, it's in the ballpark of what a state that's maybe 13 points Democratic should look like um, if, if kind of partisan equity is one of your top priorities. But it's definitely a gift from the gods for Republicans because, again, if, if Democrats had gerrymandered and, – and don't be misled. Democrats will gerrymander when they have the opportunity to and they've, they've done it before and they'll do it again this cycle in other states. But if Democrats had been able to gerrymander here, they could have drawn a map that would have only had two Republicans probably. Colorado raises all these questions for me about like what do we want out of these maps, like competitiveness or representativeness of the whole state as a block – and it seems to me that these 12 people were just sort of figuring that out as they went. This is one of the great challenges in redistricting, right? Like everybody knows gerrymandering's bad, right? We know gerrymandering's bad. Boo, don't gerrymander. But what should guide how these lines are drawn? Well, communities of interest kind of became the main priority here. You wanted to draw lines that linked places that had things in common. But if you do that, we're, we've all kind of what's, you know, we've all self-sorted nowadays. Democrats live with Democrats. Republicans live with Republicans. If you keep communities of interest whole, you might not have competitive districts. You might just have the same extreme polarization that you have under gerrymanders. So maybe they should be competitive. Well, the chaos map was competitive, but like I say, it would have really broken up a lot of decades old governmental relationships where this county and that county just presumed that they were going to be in the same congressional district forever and that they were going to get money allocated in the same way and they built water projects and roads and bridges together and now suddenly they find it's all scrambled because somebody decided they'd like competition because some jaded political reporter in Denver wants, uh, you know, more exciting congressional races. When we come back, how does this new map in Colorado stack up against the maps in 49 other states? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Not every state has a nonpartisan commission in place to handle drawing district lines. So in blue states, where Democrats are holding the reins, they face a difficult choice. Practice what they've preached about the importance of an equitable map and risk Republican victories. Or gerrymander the hell out of their state and protect their national power. It's a difficult calculus of principles versus pragmatism. And in a lot of places, Democrats are struggling to strike a balance without getting their hands dirty like in Oregon. Oregon's a great example, actually, because in Oregon, the the Democratic 
Speaker of the House actually cut a deal with the Republicans. I mean, Democrats have a supermajority there. Oregon's very blue. But they cut a deal with the Republicans because the Republicans were delaying bills in the state legislature. And so she said, look, guys, if you can agree to stop delaying these bills, we'll actually give you 50-50 split on drawing maps. Okay? The, the committee that votes the maps, it'll be 50-50. The legislature's 70-30, but we will give you 50-50. That was a great deal. So a lot of Democrats nationally were looking at that and kind of gnashing their teeth and saying, we're not ruthless enough. We're not tough enough. What is this? It's ridiculous. So then the committee, unsurprisingly, was unable to agree on a map, right? The Republicans wanted one map and the Democrats wanted another one. There, there, there was no middle ground to be had. So the Democrats said, fine, we're dissolving the committee and we're just going to implement it ourselves. And they just implemented their blue map. And they Oregon picked up a seat and it'll probably be a Democratic seat now because they got to draw the map. And so, yeah, they can be very, you know, Democrats can be just as ruthless about this when push comes to shove. Hmm. I mean, the reason we're talking about the states we did and the reason this is important, especially to Democrats, is that Democrats control the House of Representatives currently, but only by the slimmest of margins. And these maps will apply for 2022. So they will matter very soon. Are there other states you think we should be keeping our eyes on that will give some indication of how the maps might change and who they might benefit? So the big question, I think, right now in redistricting is New York. I don't think of New York as like a gerrymandering place. Oh, New York's one of the biggest gerrymanders out there. So, but the thing is, is it's not a gerrymander in the way that people have kind of been taught to think about it since 2010. For a long time, the New York State Senate was controlled by Republicans. And even as the state became pretty reliably Democratic in the 21st century, Democrats just could not take back that New York State Senate. One reason is because it was so heavily gerrymandered. And because they couldn't take back that New York State Senate, it meant that Republicans had a say in all the maps. So they kind of reached a detente where New York State's maps were often drawn just to preserve the incumbents of both parties, right? Well, in 2018, Democrats finally took over the state Senate. No gerrymander can last forever if other trends are against you. And in New York, there was just no way it was going to hold. So now Democrats have, for the first time in a century, complete map drawing power in New York, except for, of course, the twist that back in 2014, when they didn't think they could get that state Senate and get the Republicans out, they decided to back a commission model, <laughs> right? Because they thought, well, the commission will be more fair and we'll maybe, you know, population's changing. And so if, if we don't have gerrymandered maps, they'll be more competitive and Democrats are going to win a competition in New York State generally. It looks good when you're the underdog. Right, right. Or not even the underdog, but just blocked there, right? Like they were just blocked in that one house. But now New York's got a commission, but it's one of these soft commissions where the majority in the legislature can overrule it. So the question is, will the Democrats in the state legislature overrule that commission? Do you think they will? I mean, I'm guessing they will because it's, it's history shows, I mean, as Oregon shows, right? It's pretty hard. You can, you can talk about fairness and you can talk about trying to get along with the other party, but when push comes to shove, it's, it's pretty hard to resist the chance to do this. And I also think Democrats are feeling a huge amount of pressure about the ability to control the House. And they, they know that this is a, a really good way to give themselves much better odds in 2022. But, you know, the thing about redistricting, they're all big, right? All 50 states matter in redistricting. Yeah, because there's just so many of these seats. 
New York could come in and eliminate five Republican seats, and Tennessee could eliminate one Democratic seat. Florida could gain a Republican seat and eliminate two Democratic seats. Montana could come in and, and has a commission, but maybe the commission draws the line so that it creates a new Republican seat, and suddenly, boom, you're at parity again. So there are a lot of different moving pieces, but I'd say watch New York and watch Florida if you're really interested. You've outlined basically how <laughs> this process is unfair, almost inherently, it seems, because you're making choices and you might not agree with the way you're dividing up a space because you have a different idea of what is fair. But it seems to me like part of the problem here is that after 2010, seeing these Republican gerrymanders, a lot of progressives embraced the idea of commissions as a fix for that, but then they weren't able to put those commissions in place nationally, just in a few states. And I wonder if you think if there were commissions everywhere, would that address some of the issues here with fairness? I had a conversation with a Democrat about this very subject, actually. He was pointing to England. There's in the UK, there's a, a national body that draws the maps, nonpartisan body that draws the maps for parliamentary districts. And it's a national one, right? Same criteria, every part of the country, same criteria in Scotland and Wales. And, you know, I remember those Democrats said, like, that would make sense for us. Like, that is what I would like. But we, we're not going to get there through this piecemeal attempt. And all we're doing is disarming places like Colorado. The rejoinder to him came from another Democrat who, who's followed the, the commission closely and who's grumbled to me many times about how they've been doing things and the outcome and stuff. But, you know, his argument is also a pretty good argument. He says, you know, look, if you're going to push for something, you've got to walk the walk. And, and if we don't say, yeah, we're, we're willing to take the risk of not gaining that one or two extra House seats this cycle because of this decision. If we're not willing to say that, then nobody should take our arguments seriously. And we've got to... So lead by know, example. you got to lead by example. Nick Riccardi, thank you so much for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me. Nick Riccardi is a Western political writer for the AP. And that is our show. What Next is produced by Daniel Hewitt, Elena Schwartz, Mary Wilson, Davis Land, and Carmel Del Shad. We are led by Allison Benedict and Alicia Montgomery. And I'm Mary Harris. You can go track me down on Twitter and say hi. I'm at Mary's desk. I'll be back in your feed tomorrow. <laughs>